Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long distance besties everywhere. I am Aminatu So. And I'm Ann Friedman. I legit forgot my name for 10 seconds. I thought you were doing a dramatic pause. <laughs> no, it's just like, you know, like sometimes when you're at the ATM and you put your card in and then you don't remember your pin. Is that just Yes. Me? No, no, no. That totally happens. I have gone through periods where I forget an ATM code or something for like three days. And then all of a sudden in the Vons checkout line, it comes back to me like a bolt out of the blue. Every time it happens, I'm just like, yep, this is it. This is it. This is how it all starts. <laughs> and I have like serious panic moments. The other day I, I was on the phone with like some, maybe my insurance or utility company, unclear. And I had to give the last four of my social. This lady must have thought that I was like an identity thief. I just had the biggest like panic moment in the world. It was unreal. Ugh. It also speaks to one of my greatest fears of just losing losing my memory as like a number one fear associated with aging. Duh, this is why we do the crossword. I know. I'm like my whole body could be like pulled into the center of the earth droop zone. I don't even care about like, you know, obviously f- like physically, like I'm sure things are going to be difficult with aging, but I'm like number one memory sharpness. I just want to be one of those those old ladies that people are like, she's so sharp. She's so quick and not like for her age, but full well, stop. I know for a fact that's not going to be me because I'm 30 for getting my ATM pin. So <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like, wow, look at that sad 37 year old. <laughs> it's because your brain makes room for so many witty jokes. Oh my gosh. It really stresses me out. But yeah, that's what happened with my name. I was like, ah, who am I? <laughs> who am I? Where are we? What's going on? On this week's agenda, Cheeto Watch, including leaks and the most Ivanka's dad tweet ever, plus the joy of seeing Melissa McCarthy portray Sean Spicer. Mitch McConnell talks up Elizabeth Warren's persistence, a song devoted to impeachment, plus on the posse side, some pro-choice bills in Oregon and Illinois, the Super Bowl greats, Diana Ross, Beyonce and Prince, and Galentine's Day. Hi, how's your day going? Oh, my day is fine. I'm having a leggings all day day, so I'm like, you know, relaxed but working. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm like a leggings all day day. That's my whole life. I know. Uh, Sold. What's happening with you? Nothing. I just, somebody just sent me a page six article about This Is Us, and I almost derailed this entire podcast. But you know what? (laughs) I'm going to close this text messaging (laughs) window and focus but i feel like people your life must just be people sending you page six articles constantly i used to actually like not read page six consistently which i realized was a mistake for my specific interests (laughs) (laughs) but this is really distracting it's like one of the actors on the show that is supposed to be a fat character like wears a ridiculous fat suit (gasps) and it's the end of the first season, and I can't believe I had that had never registered for me. Like the fat suit is—is is that unobtrusive, or it's like it wasn't? No, I just like now I'm offended even more. I'm assuming you don't watch This Is Us. It's this TV show on NBC with Mandy Moore. That's kind of all you need to know. That's like the new uh, Parenthood. It's like all of these like multi like 
families that get along but have like tumultuous relationship like NBC TV shows. The celebrity news that I read today was Tom Hiddleston talking about why he was wearing the I Heart Taylor t-shirt or tank top. Oh my god, I saved that article for my reward for the end of the day. Okay, Tell well, me that it's a really good reason. Mm, no comment. Tom Hiddleston is basically a war criminal as far as I'm concerned. So <laughs> it's like the whole thing is fine. Do you want me to tell you what's trending on page six though? Some Please. very exciting stuff. Talent agency cancels Oscar party to protest Trump travel ban. Let's guess who it is. Do you think it's UTA or CA? Let's see. It's UTA. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Vanessa William has used a pet psychic to find her dog. <laughs> Justin Timberlake traumatized by childhood fame. Jenny Slate and Chris Evans split. No! That makes me sad. So that's what's going on in celebrity okay. gossip. While you were talking, I went to page six to see for myself. And the first headline I saw was, Joe Biden is as cool as you think he is. Which, given that I don't think he's very cool, I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like cool yeah. as a... Uh, it's like people who own uh, people who own Ray-Bans. <laughs> like, that's what the that definition of cool is. He, he's Ray-Ban cool, not like cool, cool. <laughs> The senator from Delaware is not cool. Like, get it together. Okay, and other frivolous news. Let me hit you with a life dilemma I'm experiencing. We have we briefly discussed this, but in a little less than a month, I'm officiating my first wedding. Ooh. Which I know you have a lot of experience in this field, but I both consulted you prior, off-air, IRL, not podcast RL, to seek some advice about, like, what is... What is the right thing to wear? Because I like it is an interesting thing where you want to be like hitting the right tone as like everyone who's standing up there with you. You want to make sense. But it's also like you're a party of one. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, there's not well, like a, <laughs> it's you and God and you're party of two. <laughs> I'm endowed with by the power of the state. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have been like on the hunt for a suit to wear and it is hard. Let me tell you. Yeah, lady suits are hard. I am really militant about uh, wearing a suit when you're officiating a wedding. I love the challenge of finding like a non-boring suit to wear. It seemed like the right thing to me. And maybe it's because I've seen you officiate a wedding in a suit and it just looked right. (laughs) Um, I don't know. But for a brief second, I thought about like wearing some sort of my version of a like a justice's robe. I was like, could I RBG this? (laughs) Oh my God, (laughs) we'll find you a jabot. With like a flowing um, garment. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's kind of, uh, you got to wear your values up there. <laughs> that's, that's how that works. But also, I think, you know, in a really selfish way, do I really want to be wearing this outfit for the rest of the day? You know, kind of deal. I remember when, like the first time I officiated a wedding, I was so stressed out about it. I spoke to all of these different people who officiate weddings, but like in religious capacities. <laughs> so oh. like I spoke to a minister, to a priest, to a couple of other people. And the one thing I was really surprised by is that the one consistent advice that they all gave me mm-hmm. was that uh, it's not about you. It's about the couple. Mm-hmm. I was really surprised. I like I was really surprised that like everybody like consistently like hit that. Who is this like selfish officiant who makes it about themselves? You know, probably justice of the peace. But (laughs) (laughs) like it's an honor and a privilege to do this for 
for my friends and I want to represent them. And you realize that like kind of the way that you dress is the one slightly like selfish thing you can do for yourself. And the one, the one way that you can like add drama and flair if you want to the ceremony, but you, cause you can't do that with your words. That's why I like wearing like really loud suits. I know it's funny though, because I, well, maybe because one half of this couple that's getting married is a designer and so a very, is a very visually oriented person, but I've actually felt like I couldn't really be the one to decide on my own what I was wearing because I'm like, I'm going to be in all these photos that they have for a very, very long time. Right. You can't mess it up. You can't mess it up. Exactly. And so it's like, I actually kind of feel in the happiest way possible. It's like all in service of what they've got going on. And like, even the clothes, like for some reason, the clothes seem like extra hard because I can't, there is no feel it out in the moment. It's like, you have to decide well in advance. (laughs) Man, it's like everything comes back to do it for the gram. Um. <laughs> oh, my God. Also, listen to this very almost eerie synergy. So I have a P.O. box that I use for like my newsletter and that we use for CYG that I check like once every two months. I really never, ever look at it. Don't send us mail there. But a woman who I knew, like a friend of friend in college, sent me this really nice letter that arrived in December, though I received it in the first week of February, telling me about how she's just started a suiting company, like a custom suiting company um, for women and gender nonconforming people called Tailored Tomboy. And I was like, holy shit, this card arrives like right as I am like trying to figure out a suit for my bod. I think it's too late to have like her make something custom. But I was like, if I checked my mail more, I would have had this all locked down. Wow, God can't give you more than you can handle. I guess it's true. <laughs> I don't know whether it's a good sign or a bad sign or whatever it is. It's some kind of synergy. No, I think it's a fantastic sign. Also, I think that you should get that suit made for yourself for any other occasion. I know. Maybe now I'll just own two, you know, back up, back up in case I'm ever asked to do this again. <laughs> I own three suits that I really love. One is this like pink linen suit that I love so much, even though I wrinkle so easily. God, linen, what a problem. A blessing and a curse, the linen story. <laughs> oh my God. And then the other two are just like very loud florals. Yes. But I'm always on, I'm always on the hunt. Always on the hunt. I have never owned a suit ever. I never even owned like a weirdly fitting interview suit the way some people do, you know? That's so crazy. <sighs> well, you know, welcome to our world. The suit owning world. The suit owning world. It's going to be so flames. Are you excited about officiating a wedding? Yeah, I am. I mean, I think I am not someone who is big on marriage as an institution. So the reason that these friends chose me is because I am independently friends with both members of the couple, which I think is very cool. I love going to weddings, even in a non-officiant capacity where I have like a really great independent relationship with with everyone who is getting hitched. (laughs) So I'm excited about that part. And like, yeah, I guess there's just this sense too, like when I was growing up, you know, my parents had, they each had like a huge wedding party or like, I don't know how many people, like something crazy, like six, you know, bridesmaids and six groomsmen. But they were these people who had moved away or who like they didn't really know that well anymore. But like the wedding photo was always hanging in our house and they were like relics from a time when my parents were younger and presumably cooler. <laughs> like just sort of being like, oh, like there is a little part of me that's going to be a part of their lives for a very long time is 
is like a very cool and flattering thing in a different way than if you're just a guest. So I guess that's how like officiating feels different. But everything else is just like, I'm going to I'm going to do my best <laughs> in service of this event. You know what I mean? Not like, hey, you hired me to put on a show. <laughs> <laughs> also, I love you hired me to put on a show. I love the minute that you said I am not big on marriage as an institution. My brain started screaming, but I'm big on marriage as a party. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love going to weddings. I mean, my favorite part of weddings is toast. So like if there's any part that I'm going like, really? to crazy, I hate toasts. I know most people do. I love them. It's the part where it's like anything could happen here. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's I so funny. That's literally what I can't handle about them. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is the only thing that wasn't pre-approved probably. Like, that's why it's I'm so like, interesting. This is crazy. Yeah. I mean, I've given a couple of toasts recently and I was like, it's nerve wracking. I'm like, I would much rather write you a letter and like tell you how I feel about you. I like the dancing. We like famously both can't get drunk at weddings. <laughs> oh God, I know that is like a weird, that's a weird problem that we share. It really is. I don't know how, I think it's my weird like control issues where I'm like, I can't embarrass my friends. This is not to say that I don't drink a lot at weddings because I do. I just like physically cannot get drunk. Well, yeah, you know, they do studies about the way your body processes alcohol is like also affected by social settings. It's like the reason Italian grannies can drink like a whole bottle of wine and not be smashed. But like, you know what I mean? But this is true. When my friend's parents are like within a thousand feet, my whole body shuts down. All of my, my vices shut down. Do you think that you'll hit an age where you are like one of the older people at a wedding where that doesn't apply anymore. You know what I mean? Like when you say my friend's parents, like, you know, there will be an age at which like friend's parents are probably not a fixture. Like we're probably. Yeah, but I hope that I'm not going to weddings then. Hello. (laughs) I thought you liked weddings. This is like, you're the one who's. Listen, I like them, but I'm like not trying to be going to weddings in my sixties. Wow. (laughs) I mean, you know, like maybe who knows? They're also like a production. So it's like every year I'm always shocked at how many more people are getting married because every year I'm like, yeah, all my friends are married now. And then that's not true. Oh, my God. It's so not true. Also, by the time we're in our 60s, a good percentage of the women we know will be divorced from men and remarrying women. That's what's happening to me now because, you know, I went to Christian high school and then I went to college in the South. (laughs) (laughs) It's like we are definitely on our deep first wave of divorces. My divorce wave hasn't even crested, let alone broken. So I'm like, I'm waiting for that for that second marriage. Yeah, it's like the high school divorces are kind of the best ones. I'm like, you people still married longer than most celebrities. That's crazy. And now you're 31. (laughs) (laughs) That's nuts. And we're back to page six. What else? What else do you want to talk about? Um, well, Cheeto Watch. What? Cheeto Watch. What is broken? What is breaking? What's going on? Betsy DeVos got confirmed. So uh, that's what's happening to our education system. Although some people who are way more knowledgeable about education than I am say that one of the things that we should be really concerned about that's getting a little less attention is higher ed and what she's going to do with that. I know we're all understandably worried about her wanting to make everything 
suitable for like our Christian kingdom coming or whatever in public <laughs> schools, public elementary schools. But so I don't know. I've been thinking about that as well. And like, right. So much higher, Title higher IX reform is going to come down exactly. the pipeline. And ugh. so that. Um, what an idiot that lady. Here's what I don't understand. And this applies to her and all of these like, um, man, this is where I miss Bernie. The millionaire and billionaire class. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand why if you're a billionaire, you're trying to be a cabinet secretary. That sounds crazy. Yeah, it's true. I guess it's like you're so bored with money that you have to start messing with politics. Yeah, it's so something. crazy. I'm like, if I was in the millionaire or billionaire class, I would not <laughs> be trying to work in the government like that sounds wild i know i would be kiteboarding with richard branson i would not oh, be oh <laughs> my god those barack obama vacation photos <laughs> slayed me it's uh, like when you get out of a bad relationship and you like start prioritizing yourself <laughs> and oh my god and completely. you tweet and then you tweet out a i am great photo that's what barack obama did I mean, it's one of the only situations in which a photo of two really wealthy men like laughing while on vacation would be well received by me at this point in time. I <laughs> like, I can't think of too many other scenarios. Did you kind of feel bad for Joe Biden, though? You're like, oh, my God, somebody else is hanging out with your best friend. Creepy Uncle Joe is probably having a fine time on his own, like somewhere else. No, he, he like started a job, you know, because he's not like Richard Branson <laughs> rich. So he has like three jobs <laughs> that he started last Monday. The announcements are really funny. It's like Joe Biden's going to be doing the Biden da 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 Institute out here, and he's also going to be doing this here and da da. And I'm just like, ah, working class people, what's up? Still got to have jobs. Selling Ray Bans. Selling, <laughs> selling Ray Bans on the beach. <laughs> yeah no those Uh, obama photos are both comforting and like mind fucking at the same time because i'm just like if barack obama feels that like he can learn how to kite surf right now like it's not the end of the world yet i but at the same time but at the same time i'm just like can you come home now like can you pick up the phone there's things to do it's it's like what we were saying before about like feeling like you've done all you can. It's like maybe he's just maybe he's just like listen, I gave it a really good shot and I know things are really bad right now, but I did my time. Like maybe maybe that's more what it's like. He's like y'all don't deserve me. I have secret service. I have protection. You guys are on your own. <laughs> Fair enough. It is oh. uh, how wild. Okay, but there have also been a lot of lols in Cheeto Land. I mean, um, he still can't read. Oh my God, it's incredible. And the evidence is like stacking up. <laughs> it's like kind of. And if you go back to watch that one deposition that he does, I swear to God, like he did, like can't read. He also sent the ultimate Ivanka's dad tweet <laughs> in which after Nordstrom dropped her line because of poor sales, he tweeted, my daughter Ivanka has been treated so unfairly by Nordstrom. She is a great person, always pushing me to do the right thing. <laughs> terrible she is not pushing hard enough (laughs) seriously i was like is this what pushing looks like because wow wow yeah it's crazy also javanka has been really really busy like planting stories about how they're like what they're doing (laughs) you know scene i'm like we see you it's always like sources say jared and ivanka instrumental in like protecting lgbt and i'm just like by sources do you mean jared and ivanka literally (laughs) sources being both jared and ivanka oh my gosh i'm like please 
but I I have taken a, a like a little a little a tiny amount of solace in um, all of the like leaks about the disarray among his staff, like the thing about them conducting meetings in the dark because they didn't know where the light switches were. <laughs> Did you see that? I mean, I saw it, and they're literally just trying to figure it out in the dark. I'm like that kind of stuff is I don't know. The leaks are really concerning to me. They have, like, the leakiest ship, right? And that's because, like, everybody hates each other. Right. They're just all trying to, like, knife each other behind their backs, which is great for journalism and tabloids and us. But also, too, this is the only way that they know how to reach their boss. Like, that's crazy to me. Totally. Um, And that is really concerning. It's like, wow, you got to throw everybody under the bus so that like your boss hears what you're saying. Your boss reads about it in the Huffington Post and then does <laughs> something about it, then turns the lights on. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Wow. It's so, so, so the whole thing is wild. I, I know. You know, but there's also like a part of me. I just want to yell like fake news at all of these things. <laughs> 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 because here's the thing. The whiplash of like going from like the boys and girls on the bus failed failed spectacularly during the campaign, mm-hmm. and now these same people are reporting from the White House. A lot of them, and I'm and we're like very unskeptically supposed to believe that like this information is accurate. You know, leaks to me are can be useful, but they're also like such a way to like fuck with people. It is of concern to me that, you know, we're all like, okay, he's like lounging around in a bathrobe doing nothing and like watching Morning Joe and blah, blah. I'm like, I really want to believe that that's true. But there's a part of me that's like saying skeptical to all these stories. I know. Well, I mean, and it is related to us reading page six, which is probably better sourced than some of this stuff. But I'm like, I read it in the same way, right? Where I'm like, oh, the actual policy news and the actual things that are happening are so terrible that I am going to take like a sick delight in even the suggestion that your staff is having meetings in the dark or that they get you to do things by saying Obama wouldn't do it. You're like, people are Um, saying, (laughs) I'm not saying, but people are saying. I know. It's almost like a a fantasy that I indulge in (laughs) to escape from the horrible political reality that we know is being reported on, like the executive orders that have been released and like the people who have been appointed. Can I tell you, though, that the best part of Bathrobe Gate is uh, Sean Spicer saying that Donald Trump doesn't even own a bathrobe, which is... (laughs) (laughs) One is like probably a lie. Like I'm comfortable calling that a lie. That's ludicrous. The man owns uh, like many hotels. Of course he fucking owns a bathrobe. But also just, I love that like in that whole, if you read that story, I think that's the one that you're referring to, the one in the New York Times, is that there are all of these like just crazy details and that's the one that they're like actually fact check the president doesn't own a bathrobe and i'm like so you're saying that everything else is correct (laughs) like that's concerning to me i know i mean and maybe it's just like you know they're trying to confirm with their own team who they never talk to whether anything else is correct it's a a conversation i feel like i've had with so many different friends and so many different people lately is how much of it is total incompetence and how much of it is like nefarious planned, whatever. And I'm like, I just, I err strongly on the side of like evil, like sort of evil motivated chaos. I think it's it's 90% incompetence and like just they're so, you know, like it's not like 12 dimensional chests. These people are like, (laughs) they're idiots. (laughs) They're 100% idiots. But, but the chaos like really serves them and it serves their like 
super evil agenda. Yeah, I am generally of that mindset as well. And I get I get so angry when men and they're always men suggest that like getting upset about actual policy decisions is like part of their nefarious plan. Like they want they want you to be outraged and like that's a distraction from their real agenda or like you're playing into their hands by being upset and like resisting. I get so angry when I hear that. Uh, uh, man, what has it been now? Like three weeks? Like not even two weeks, right? Two full weeks of this mess. It's been two weeks slash a lifetime. <laughs> I just don't know that we could keep on going like this. It's just too much. It's just it, the volume of incompetence is too much. The volume of lying is too much. I can't believe. I just, I still can't believe that it's happening. I know. I mean, on the upside, I feel like I have fully turned phone calls and postcard writing into part of my routine. And I'm like, <laughs> actually, like weirdly, this part of it does feel sustainable. Like, I don't know about like making a sign and spending several hours at a protest every weekend, but like the calls and the like, not saying like I won't do that, but like the the daily and weekly calls and letters part of it has like strangely been easy to insert into my routine first of all if you don't show up to the protest you're not going to get your soros protest money so (laughs) i don't know how you're going to be able to afford all the suits you want to buy and Uh, all the postcards i'm going to (laughs) buy and yeah it's like who's paying for these supplies (laughs) this is the problem with liberals you don't think big enough here is george soros offering us lifelong prosperity and you won't take it save yourselves this whole thing is a mess but you know you're right like some of it has been funny it's like we're beefing with australia now which did we talk about this last week or was this i don't think it had happened. or did the australia did beef happen like afterwards it's like the only thing i agree with trump with i'm like okay i can get down with this but it, <laughs> threat what, randomly threatening australia what a massive plot twist didn't see that one coming Oh my god, all of these CYG listeners in Australia are gasping right now. <laughs> they know what I'm saying, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, like we're beefing with Australia. He's telling the French prime minister like crazy stuff. The best little gossip detail, though, that I read recently is, you know how he still has his old phone, the like the Android, yes. which is like such a security risk? It's like 100% Vladimir Putin listens to that phone every day. And like all of his like homies have that phone number, like people who are just like, you know, like Kanye probably has that phone number. And so in his spare time, when he's not using like WikiLeaks to intervene in the French election, Putin is listening. Exactly. He's listening. But so this is how his friends get in touch with him now. They just like call and leave a voicemail and then he calls them from the Secret Service phone. because he just like likes to talk in the middle of the night and i'm like this is so hilarious and sad like you people don't text like what's going on can you imagine the trove of voicemails if that ever ever gets leaked i mean it won't because we we know which side gets their shit leaked and which side doesn't but like Uh, oh i'm fully convinced that in the next four years we're gonna have a massive trump leak Okay. Like fully, like that's my one four-year prediction from like here. with audio files, with audio files, with emails, with images, everything. I eagerly await it. Can get in bed with Putin and not like leak. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, Remember when like Vladimir? We used to like not that we were like positive on him. But he was the source of much lols on this podcast. Like meme level lols. Yes, like meme level lols. And then, you know, you have to be reminded, like, once a KGB agent, always a KGB agent. (laughs) 
I know. Although when I have to say like watching SNL parody Putin and making sure he's shirtless every time made me feel a little bit vindicated in only discussing shirtless Putin (laughs) uh, prior to the election here where I'm like, okay, this is like a noteworthy facet of like who this person is. Oh man. Speaking of SNL, SNL has been good lately. I mean, I say this as someone who's watched like five SNLs my whole life and four of them are Trump related. (laughs) So I I obviously watched Melissa McCarthy as Sean Spicer. Thank you. Thank you, everyone who made that happen. Transcendent. Like, I can't... She, like, didn't play him. She, like, became him. It was nuts. Every single thing about it was just... It was restorative. <laughs> I know. And Trump was so shook, he didn't even tweet about it. I know. I love it. <laughs> and, and then also, then the follow-up discussion about which... Uh, female actors should play various people in the Trump administration because uh, reportedly they were incensed not just to be mocked, not just that Sean Spicer was mocked, but that it was by a woman. I know. Um, So Rosie is on deck to play Steve Bannon, which is hilarious. It's too perfect. I saw a suggestion that Ellen DeGeneres should play Mike Pence. (laughs) That is so rude. It's so rude. I support all of it. I mean, rude to whom? I'm like, I think Ellen could rude kill Rude to that. Ellen. <laughs> I think she could kill it. I think it's perfect. <laughs> a, the best part about all of this is that you know that it totally gets under his skin because he wants to be the only star player. Yeah, well, he's not wearing a bathrobe. He's fretting about this so hard. <laughs> and I don't know how to tell you this. He does not own a bathrobe. <laughs> he doesn't even know what a bathrobe is. He's never been near a bathrobe, which if you really want to like discuss yourself is uh, just Google Trump bathrobe. And there are many pictures of him in bathrobes. Oh, my God. I'm That is that is like a Google search that. presidents be be out here wearing bathrobes though like lbj was like lounge around in bathrobes you can see that picture frightening um reagan also hanging around lounging in bathrobes people wear bathrobes it happens if you're always surrounded by secret service you're not like just in your underwear i mean like those of us who are civilians can walk around our house in our underwear but like if you have i guarantee you lbj probably walked around in his underwear That disgusting, that of that the disgusting man. <laughs> anyway, I eagerly await more Trump administration parodies. And I also, I got to say that like, you know, it's like a major, major platform to have SNL commenting on things like cabinet appointments. I'm like, I really love the like mainstream level of the civics conversation that's happening right now. That's like another, I mean, would I trade yeah. a functioning government? Yes, I would rather have a functioning government. But I'm like, that is like, I'm sorry. Like, that's like, I'm happy about that. Well, I don't know. I think that it's because NBC like partially made Trump happen. So they kind of owe this to us. Remember when he hosted SNL? It was so gross. And I like couldn't believe they gave him that much airtime. And I really think that it's just, it is really unfortunate that we are here today. Listen, I'm not saying that like they're crusaders for all that is true and right. (laughs) Like I SNL Crusaders for all that's true and right. New tagline. I know. The other thing that I'm really enjoying is him like getting a civics lesson on what the judiciary branch <laughs> does. Like that has totally. been that has been wildly entertaining to me. And I'm like, that's right. Should have done a Google Title Three judges. They mess up your life. 
checks and balances. <laughs> yeah, it's like who knew that like this was this would be the one branch of government that's like checking him. Like that's like kind of terrifying to me. So I get like a physical New York Times on Sundays and there is, it is a supplement that comes in it sometimes that's like advertising, but it's called Super Lawyers Magazine. <laughs> and when I saw it this week, I was like, Super Lawyers is totally how I feel about who is saving us right now. I almost uh, I almost like wrote like a personal thank you note and sent it on to some lawyer friends who are doing good work. But like, I seriously yeah, they- bought ACLU merch. Like that's how serious it got for me. You know, I don't believe in merch. <laughs> except cyg merch that's right um you know but i get that for free because my babies love me (laughs) (laughs) um Uh, yeah no i'm like out here buying aclu merch i got a constitution i got some t-shirts pocket constitution important you know it i'm like mailing it off to so many people they came in packs of 10 (laughs) incredible I was going to bring up this Mitch McConnell quote about Elizabeth Warren from this week. Mitch McConnell is so terrifying. And I went to look back at photos of him and Elaine Chow's wedding because I wanted to know like what young <laughs> Mitch McConnell looked like. <laughs> what a young evil turtle looks like. <laughs> he Exactly. He, first of all, she married him when he was still 100 years old. So he looks the exact same. Give or take five gray hairs. <laughs> I bet she looks good, though. <laughs> yeah, she had some really strong 90s looks. Like, strong, but also evil. So, ooh. Well, everyone who's listening to this has probably heard th- this quote already, but I, I have to repeat it because... Um, so, after Elizabeth Warren decided to disrupt the confirmation vote for Jeff Sessions, who, as we've discussed on this podcast, is definitely a proud, confirmed, like racist and resume literally just got confirmed while we were taping this podcast shut up i mean i guess it was expected um great anyway (laughs) yeah i know right so anyway so elizabeth warren was reading aloud a letter that coretta scott king wrote at the time that sessions was up for a lower level judicial appointment she was basically like listen This guy's been really bad for my state. He's been really bad for people who aren't white, who want to cast votes, as is their constitutional right. Don't give him this job. And Elizabeth Warren was reading this because still relevant today. And (laughs) Mitch McConnell said about this, this act of obstruction by Elizabeth Warren, she was warned. She was given an explanation. Nevertheless, she persisted. You're just like, that's the story of all womankind. Thank you for the slogan. It's like, Every Lifetime original movie, too. I love it. Uh, can I tell you, though, that when Hillary Clinton tweeted it, I got really verklempt. Oh. Miss you, Hills. I know. But, like, a real... I mean, again, I think, like, maybe maybe I'm getting too adept at being like, here's a tiny good thing, even though a racist was just confirmed as our attorney general. So I don't really mean it's, like, a great day for all. But I I did I did love, like, not just Hills, but, like, everyone reclaiming that quote. And, you know, and, like, and like tweeting it with photos of, like, women who have done incredible, notable things, like, 
you know, due to sheer will and moving past things people said that they couldn't do. It made me feel good. No, it's great. I just don't. It's like sometimes I don't understand like Republicans. Just the optics of like men shutting down a woman doing a very non-controversial thing is you would think would be bad. But then you remember like what party they're in and you're like, no, actually, this is all fine. This is a core tenet. Yeah, you're like, this is fine. You're not going to face any consequences. But it's so insulting. Ugh. <sighs> I'm just like, okay, what what does this make? Like, we have an illiterate education secretary of a racist justice attorney general. Ugh. Who literally does not believe in the Voting Rights Act, so... Literally. I, I hope at least we can sink the HHS guy, because he's just, like, one big fat liar. One would think. Tom Price. But... I want, like, at least one scalp. Every day, one of them is like, ugh... Yikes, didn't pay my undocumented nanny. Yikes, definitely lied about how much money I have, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, these used to be things that would like completely sink your nomination, like completely. I know. And then now we're just like big corruption. Like nobody cares. I I don't think that's true. We all care. It's just that Republicans don't care and they cast the deciding votes. Yeah, it's like there's just no more pretense about it. I also, it's at that point where people who are like, quote unquote, reasonable Republicans who like maybe don't like Trump, but are still strongly allied with the party, where their silence is really, really noted. Well, yeah, it's like, they're just like, hi, I want tax cuts so bad. I'm going to screw the rest of the country. Cut to like some cheesy Kevin Spacey line in House of Cards about power being the ultimate blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Yo, I can't wait for House of Cards to come back in May. Thanks, (laughs) Netflix. But the thing about it is that like it just won't be as enjoyable because in the time the House of Cards has been off the air, insane, more insane than House of Cards shit has gone down. I know, like real House of Cards things have like have happened. Have you seen this great meme of uh, this kid who is singing to Fergie's glamorous, like he's spelling out impeachment? No, I haven't. Oh my god. <laughs> Bless Maxine Waters. Barbara Lee has been doing some good work too. And the aforementioned uh, Senator Warren, Kamala Harris. Like there's like some like Liz Warren. I'm on the outs with her right now. You just said has been doing some good work. She's been doing some good work, but I'm just like not. No, I don't need them to be perfect. I just need people to be consistent. It's how I feel about those Republican women who were like voted against uh, Betsy. What's her face? And I was like, actually, if you cared a lot, you wouldn't have let her like get out of committee. You like didn't care. This is all politics. We see you. Oh, wait, were you going to tell me about um, pro-choice legislation? Yeah. So in other maybe silver lining news, and a few state legislatures are introducing openly, proudly, overtly pro-choice bills, 
which I don't know enough about the legislatures in Illinois and Oregon where this is happening to know what sort of chance they stand at being passed. But basically, they do things like ensure that women who are enrolled in Medicaid and state employee health insurance have abortion coverage. They reaffirm the state's commitment to ensuring access to comprehensive reproductive health care, which includes abortion. They're all basically protections that say if something were to happen at the federal level to reverse, repeal, roll back row, our state would be a place where women could access the full range of reproductive care. So that's Oregon and Illinois. Uh, Good news. Yeah, totally. And, you know, like for a long time, anti-choice groups have had a literal legislative playbook where, um, you know, state legislators who hate women's right to make choices about their own body could just like Xerox a page from the back and like, like scribble in their state name and enter it as legislation, which is how you get this huge, you know, hundreds of anti-choice bills at the state level in the past few years. And so even if they face sort of an uphill battle, which again, I don't know enough about the state level politics in these places, I love that it is it is definitely from that playbook in saying like, we're going to try to replicate positive legislation. That's okay. That at least makes me feel a little hopeful. Thank you. Yeah, that's like some real, that's some hard policy hopefulness there. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, good. Because I was just reading about all this like consumer finance protection that's like going out the window that I won't even tell you about because you'll scream. Oh my and god. Is that at the federal level? Um, yes. It's like open season on suckers right now and they don't even know it. <laughs> People are taking away all of the tiny little hard earned money that you have. One thing that we have not discussed. Did you watch Lady Gaga's Super Bowl performance? I watched it after the fact. I mean, obviously, like, who is watching the Super Bowl? I mean, some people still do. It's true. I honestly, like, did not know that it was Sunday and it was hilarious because nobody wanted to hang out. And I was like, oh, you guys are having Super Bowl parties without me. Great. I watched a marathon session of every episode of Snatch Game from all the seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race oh, in lieu of the Super Bowl. Oh my god. Well, okay, so this is actually great news because you know that Lady Gaga is going to be on the premiere of the seasons of Drag Race. I saw that and I, I felt like my anti-Super Bowl and like the Super Bowl were merging into one. <laughs> it's so crazy. But I was, you know... I was really impressed with Lady Gaga. I like hadn't seen a performance of hers in a minute. And this was great. What was your take on whether slash how political it was? I mean, obviously it was political. I've been really baffled by this. People who are like, it was not political enough. Or the like Republicans who were like, thank you. It's not political. Thanks for making it about the game. And I was like, first of all, she just like affirmed that like queer kids and gay kids and, you know, everybody is the same in front of Mike Pence. Like, that's pretty political to me. And also, like, you can't open on a Woody Guthrie song and that's not political. I mean, agreed. I just. It's like yeah, some stuff I, just goes over some people's heads, but I don't know. <laughs> like, It's like, obviously, like, not everybody can be Beyonce, Black Panther, Knowles. Uh, so... 
you know and maybe that's what people were talking about is that they're just like thank you for not being anti-police which is so ridiculous it's like that's not what the beyonce performance was about but that's how it was interpreted anyway i really 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 enjoyed it it was like it's definitely in my top 10 like super bowl performances does it make you want to invest in like the new lady gaga album um first of all i have emotionally invested in joan uh i will be going to the tour so yes ah okay strong endorsement i know i just like hadn't seen her performance so long and it was like she did some of the hits i was so happy uh except that i got sad when she did telephone and beyonce was nowhere to be found but uh i know i was really hoping even though I knew it wasn't going to happen due to the pregnancy and the fact that I was watching it after the fact, no one mentioned it, but I wanted it to happen. And also because like Lady Gaga is not a fool. It's like most everybody like brings a guest, but like you can't bring Beyonce as your guest as Coldplay found out because they <laughs> <laughs> there's a serious possibility the guest will just like completely overshadow you, like get it together. Now I'm just like, who's overdue for a Super Bowl performance? Rihanna, for sure. Next year, oh, make it yeah. Rihanna. This is ridiculous. But I've watched like at least 10 times my favorite Super Bowl performance of all times, which is Diana Ross. Which oh, is so good. The helicopter? The helicopter, the dress, the gold dress that just like will not end. like nothing will top this well prince was pretty good but prince. Like, but, i was gonna say prince is mild but the the diana ross one is my it's like such a diva moment too because like when they booked her at the time they thought that she would be like the safe act and they were like yeah like how like this is gonna be just fine and instead she was just like mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she flew off on the edge of a helicopter i'm sorry that's like pretty epic but i i, God, I laughed so hard when gaga um dove on off of the <laughs> roof or whatever like that made me laugh really hard people were really upset that that part was pre-taped why and i was like did you really think that she was going to jump from the roof of the stadium i just looked it up and that diana ross performance was 1996 aka when we were both very young and impressionable i know but i still i am still young and impressionable thank you <laughs> I know I can't remember my ATM pin, but don't hold it against me. <laughs> I know it's really like it's 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 drama at both ends. Too old to remember the ATM pin, but still young enough to be to be swayed by a Super Bowl performance. Oh my god, I will forever be swayed by Super Bowl performances. Are you kidding me? Some of them are good, and some of them are just like bad. Yeah, I mean Prince is pretty much the ultimate for me. Even though I agree that the Diana Ross one was up there, highly memorable. Oh my god, it's so it's just. Ugh, no, I want to fly away on a helicopter. <laughs> I mean, that could be our out. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to hit you with one more rapid fire question. Tell me. <laughs> Here it is. It's, I love a succinct email. The email is just one line. It says, I was wondering if you guys celebrate Valentine's Day, which would be next week. I'm not a religious person, so I don't celebrate any holidays. No, I don't like Valentine's is the day before Valentine's, right? 
I actually don't know. I thought it was just Valentine's Day for people who like really love their women friends. <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't really, know. No, I think that it's actually, hold on. Let's see. I'm going to do a Google. Clearly the answer is no. We don't. Yeah, celebrate. clearly like no. We like, I do not celebrate Valentine's Day. Every day is Valentine's Day. Thanks to Leslie Nope, Pawnee, Indiana's most dedicated parks and recreation worker. Miss you, Leslie Nope. Women around the world celebrate each other on February 13th, the day before Valentine's Day. Galentine's Day, as it's called. It's a day all about you and your friends and no one else. <laughs> Thanks, Us Weekly. Oh, all the answers we need. Yeah, no, but, um, you know, I have some friends who send out presents on Valentine's Day, and I'm not going to lie, like, those friends are great friends. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no, I love that. I'm always like, what? It's like you come home to, like, candy you didn't know you could have. It's the best. It's true. I think it's like I just feel about Galentine's, Valentine's, whatever, that it's like an annoying time to, like, to try to go to a restaurant or like be out in the world. It's sort of like an amateur hour. Everyone's trying to do it. So I would rather just like not participate and take my beloved people out to meals or meet them to celebrate. Yeah. Like Valentine's Day restaurant time is for suckers. Let me tell you what day is great to go to a restaurant though is um, on Super Bowl day because <laughs> super bowl day super bowl day because everybody's <laughs> home on super bowl day and you get in a table anywhere you like you heard it here first that's right take your gals out for super bowl day for super bowl day um speaking of candy i'm gonna go find some oh my god yes I feel like do it. my blood sugar is low please do i'm gonna go browse more suits i can't afford on the internet oh my god um and just do it you can find us many places on the internet, on our website, callyourgirlfriend.com. Download it anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. We're on iTunes, where we would love it if you left us a review. You can tweet at us at callyrgf or email us, callyrgf at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Look that up for yourself. Please don't send us messages there. We don't check them. We're on Instagram at callyrgf. We like Instagram a lot, but don't send us messages there either. You can even leave us a short and sweet voicemail at 714-681-2943. That's 714-681-CYGF. This podcast is produced by the beautiful, so smart, and so sexy Gina Delvac. Our Galentine forever and ever. That's right. <laughs> All right. See you on the Impulse by Internet. I know. <laughs> Bye, boo-boo.